shoots and saves me by Zolopiak. 20 seconds to go in the third. Hodgson. Filatov picks it up. Filatov the tie to the line. Ellis knocks it down. A battle on the wall for it. Ellis in there as well. Boyd jumping for it. Tavares pulls it out. Tavares backhand towards the goal. Loose puck. Alrighty, folks, and welcome to Talkin' Hockey, the Hockey Talkin' Show, Season 3, Episode 6, a.k.a. The Housley. Uh, happy holidays from a wintry Winnipeg here on this nut-crackingly cold day. Um, we are just days away from a Jets training camp, and hockey fans everywhere are right in the thick of the World Junior Championships. I'm co-host Tom, with me as always, streaking down the wing, calling for the puck, Mr. Hockey himself, it's co-host Randy. How are you today, buddy? I'm doing quite well, and you're right. Today definitely feels like the coldest day of the year so far. It, oh, totally. It's, it's, it's a bit of a cold one out there. Yeah, if you're not wearing a scarf or long johns, then you are, uh, and you're outside, you're out of luck. I, you got to bundle up, bud. You got to layer up. Uh, but that's the that's the way she goes. Weather-wise, it's not been too bad around here, but. Um, I don't know how's weather where uh, wherever you guys are out in the world. Uh, you know, I guess we could turn talking hockey into a weather report show, but well, it is we a wild it is a wildlife podcast, isn't it? Yeah, we are in the <laughs> we are in the wilderness category on wilderness, iTunes, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and actually, I got an email from you know the podcast uh, whatever. Police, we're doing pretty good in the wilderness category, so oh, yeah. I think we'll just leave it right there. Sweet. Um, of course, you can pick up the. Uh, podcast on umfm.com slash podcast scroll down a little bit you'll see talking hockey just google the words talking hockey podcast umfm comes right up and uh, find us on instagram at insta you know at talking uh, underscore hockey underscore podcast and then on apple podcasts there so we're all over the place but we should really look back into the vault of things and see what day our very first episode was, because I bet you there's some sort of anniversary coming up here soon. Yeah, you're probably not wrong. Although our very, very first episodes, if you remember correctly, we did we did about ten on uh, SoundCloud, which I think are kind of lost to the sands of time now. Those ones weren't on UMFM. Those were strictly SoundCloud. Correct. Okay, I would Correct. I would still have those on Dropbox somewhere. So, okay. so I, I remember it was like at the start of a year, like it was fairly early, like January, February, March, maybe somewhere in there. I'll look back in the mm. archives and I believe we, we, I believe we started the show at the beginning of the playoffs, uh, the year the Jets had their nice run to the Western finals. We were all fired up about talking about hockey and then I, I guess so. we started a show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm all fired up, Randy, for my Christmas uh, beer that I want to crack here. It's, um, I was saying just before we came on air, I'm sponsored by Barnhammer now. I've got a Barnhammer sweater and a Barnhammer uh, Razzle Dazzle spiced cranberry Philly sour in my hands. And uh, yeah, Barnhammer, of course, in uh, the west end of Winnipeg. Great little brewery there. Uh, miss going to the tap room. Uh, what with the whole pandemic here, which 
you know, uh, for the listeners, we're recording via the internet in our respective homes. Uh, so uh, that's what I got to drink today is a Razzle Dazzle Spiced Cranberry Philly Sour. So, uh, you know, while I pour that into my glass, Randy, why don't you tell us what you got, uh, what you're sipping on? Well, <clears throat> on this week's episode, I have um, a Raspberry Cosmos from Sucrums. Nice. And that's a sour as well? It is. It's a fruit sour, raspberry tart aromatic. Um, Yeah. I've had this before, but, um, you know, keeping it local once again. Yeah. So you're a a sour guy. You like, not that you're a sour demeanor, but like you like sours, eh? Like you're, you're into them. I would say, yeah, like I'm probably IPA uh, first and foremost. But yeah, sours would be high up on the list. Whoa, I just took my first taste of this, and whoa, that's wild. That is wild. I don't drink a lot of sours. I've had a few. Um, you know, I, I had the Sucrum Sour, and uh, that was like, God, I don't even know. I don't even have a sense of time as to when that was anymore, but it was like, you know, when the world was, it was pre-COVID, you know, you could just go out in the world and hang out with friends and not wear masks and all the rest of it. Um, so like whenever that was, you know, 2019 or so I had a sour from Sucrums and, uh, that's a, like the only sour I've really ever had. That's crazy. Not much of a sour guy, but this one. And what do you think of that one? It's, it's pretty wild, man. There's a lot of flavor here. You got cranberry, obviously. Uh, and then it says orange zest in there and, um, yeah, it's it's pretty good, man. Like I like the color of it. It's very, it's like a deep orange, kind of almost red. It's very zippy. There's a lot of zip to that. Well, what's it called again? The dingle something? Razzle dazzle. Razzle dazzle. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Spice I'll... cranberry. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, that's really something. I had I had from Barnhammer the other day. I had their um. Uh, cranberry stout which is like their one of their seasonal uh winter beers and it was it was really good i like that maybe more my speed than a sour uh, i like the stouts um but but this is good yeah i mean i this would be like almost more of a summer refreshing sort of sitting on a on a patio with some sunshine hitting you and you're you know you're just sipping on this to stay refreshed and so for those of you that know um, where my allegiance lies with Sucrums <laughs> Brewing Company, <laughs> and I, you know, I take a few jabs uh, here and there from, from that, but hey, you got to you gotta represent the local, and this place is literally a baseball throw away from me, so I, I got to rep the boys over there and, and yeah. women. Um, <clears throat> but the Raspberry Cosmos, it's like they're, they run a series of sours, and they're, you know, Cosmos and... Um, various, uh, the original Cosmos kind of has like a peach, I would say almost like a fuzzy peach kind of taste yeah. to it. Um, and then they've kind of done different variations of, of their sour with different berries or, or fruit and, um, through the months and yeah, basically the raspberry, you can imagine, you know, mix the, you know, the tartness of a raspberry with this, with, you know, your normal kind of sour, um, experience of a beer and that's kind of what you get here with with um 
Raspberry Cosmos, I would kind of, you know, <clears throat> put it under the same label as like, you would definitely in want to enjoy this beer sitting on a patio, you know, right? here in yeah. Winnipeg in the sun, you know, maybe you're <clears throat> shooting, shooting the green biscuit around at the Lord Roberts uh, outdoor rink there in the summer with the shorts on and you know, mm. wearing the backwards cap and, you know, <laughs> cracking a beer with Just the boys. Living life, yeah. <laughs> but um, here we are in winter and, you know, it's still good. Yeah. Nice. Well, here we are in winter and I just walked by the Lord Roberts uh, Community Club Outdoor Rink this past week, a couple days ago. And uh looked like over on the Broomball Rink they were making ice, but the hockey rink, no, they were not making ice. It was just some guy letting his dog run around i saw that, that guy was... the other day when i went to go oh, yeah. check on that rink i guess yeah. i guess yeah. inside like the boards is a good place to maybe play fetch with your dog you know they won't oh, totally. run we, away uh, or kind of thing we'll, we'll take scooby up uh up there sometimes too although he usually goes to the ball field but that's neither here nor there anyway so... but yeah <laughs> but i did of... i did a tour um in, in that neck of the woods there and i saw lord roberts wasn't going um kind of a bit of a you know a sad experience because that's that's what i would you know that would i would label that as my home rink i don't know why i just feel like i'm at home there but um, i would really i would really like them to see that rink get going but i don't know you know and I, i live in the neighborhood so it's like i could you know get involved in the community club and try to help make it happen but uh whatever i haven't and maybe in the future i will but at this point, there's no ice. It doesn't look like going to be going in this winter. So thanks, pandemic. You really, you really boned me over there. Way but, to go, COVID. Yeah. But, um, you know, let's switch gears here now and get into the topic du jour, which is the World Junior Championships. Randy, have you been uh, watching much of the WJCs or what? I sure have. I tuned in, you know, for those exhibition matches, you know, that they were able to get in. Um, with the threat of, you know, some COVID positive tests there b- between a couple teams. I think it was almost half the German team and then a, a couple of staff members from Sweden. So yeah. they, they limited that um, exhibition schedule, but everyone, I think, got got a game in. I watched the Canada-Russia game. And then, yeah, um, to date, yeah, here we are on December 28th, and Canada is 2-0 in, in the... In yeah. the tournament, and I've pretty much him. watched every game. I didn't really see most of the U.S.-Austria game. Um, that was another blowout. Um, and then yesterday's games, um, I was only half tuned in kind of thing. But yeah, that's yeah. kind of, yeah, I'm you know, and I'll watch, you know, games this evening. And then Canada's back on the ice tomorrow against Switzerland, I believe. Yes. Is it Switzerland they play tomorrow? I, I think, think so. so. And then they play Finland uh, mm. the following day. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And how nice was it to watch that game against Russia, even though it was just a quote-unquote quote unquote, warm-up game? Um, you know, it had all the makings of a classic. It was a, a real tight game, and it was, it was, it was good. Like, the, the, the fellas were fired up for sure. Well, and, and for a lot of them, that was like, well – Probably per for all the Canadian players, that was probably their first game in months. Like oh, aside absolutely. from scrimmaging or whatever, right? But like their yeah. first competitive game in months. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Yeah. They, so they were, you could definitely tell there was a little um, hop in their step and everything. And it was just, you know, they were itching to go and, and, the, and it was, and apparently, you know, a lot of the Russian guys have actually been playing over the last couple of months, either KHL or various other European leagues. Um, and uh, I think something like only like five of the Canadian players have played a game at all. So, well, and even um, you got to think prior to the tournament, um, the whole team Canada, you know, players and staff were all like under a, like a hotel room shutdown. Basically they, yeah. they had two weeks of, of, of sitting in their hotel rooms, yeah. you know, playing online poker and working out in their room <laughs> kind of thing. So the fact that, you know, coming off something like that and, uh, you know, the having the legs they did exactly. And, uh, yeah, I, I would say that cause that came, basically came halfway through the camp. And then once, once they were finally on the other side of that 14 days, I think they only had time for one or two more inter-squad games and then they were kind of into it. So, yeah. um, and everyone's been speaking very highly of this team because what, I think they've got, uh, 20 first round picks on the team, 20 first round picks on the team. That's right. And of course, in the warm-up game against Russia, they did lose one of those guys. Uh, the captain, Kirby Doc, uh, went out with a broken wrist. Um, I don't know if it was ever officially diagnosed, but there was a picture floating around. And I'm no doctor, but that was a broken wrist. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, anyway, like losing Kirby Doc certainly sets the team back. But... Um, it also just opens up opportunity for other guys and Cole Perfetti, one of the guys that opened up a little opportunity for he took, he took Doc's spot on the uh, power play, I believe. And probably that line that he's skating on with McMichael and Peyton Krebs, they're probably getting a little more ice time maybe. Um, Cause I think the other lines got shuffled a bit and, and their line stayed as, as it was late, uh, you know, designed or whatever. Well, um, I think wasn't Quinton Byfield originally like f further down the lineup, and then now he's bumped right. up, and then I think for the most part, but like now it's like you're right, Perfetti with McMichael and and Peyton Krebs is seems to be like the the team or the line of of you know skill players that uh, yeah you know they're definitely That's making things line. happen yeah they they looked pretty good against Slovakia yesterday uh, they can you know like. There were some chances created, the most infamous of which was McMichael's between the legs uh, try after a nice Perfetti saucer pass to him. Um, but they, they, for the most part, you know, controlled the puck and the play when they were on the ice, and they looked pretty good. Um, I think they'll get more dangerous as the tourney goes on. You know, they're building chemistry and all the rest of it. And, yeah, I think uh, the next game against Switzerland tomorrow should – like, we've – Swiss, the Swiss always play Canada pretty tight, so that'll be another close game. That game against Slovakia was real. I thought it was a good game. I don't know. I read I read about it this morning, and some of the writers were saying it was a bit of a snoozer, a stinker, whatever. I thought it was a good game. I don't know. Am I watching it different? <laughs> what was your take on it? Well, yeah. Well, also, like, um, the the fact, the the way that, I don't know, like, coming out, coming out of a... 16 to 2 win like based so those yeah. of you that don't know Canada opened the tournament you know preliminary round against Germany they beat them 16 to 2 
a big reason for that was because Germany is missing, I think, what, six of their players because they're still uh, oh, out with like COVID. Nine or nine players or something like that. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, and so they're, they're uh, like a huge chunk of their bench or their team is unable to play, I think, up, up until maybe – I think maybe they can play today. Yeah, they're good to go, uh, I think, today, to- and they have a day off, so – so so basically Canada is a team full of 20 first round picks playing against Germany so even on a full full lineup of Germans Canada probably still wins like 4 to 1 or something but now or maybe like 6-1 or whatever yeah, yeah. now you're taking on a German team with a short bench and so here's the 16 to 2 game that's the way that Canada starts the tournament so then every everyone like this whole few weeks leading up to the tournament everyone is like every single radio call-in show or every single thing you're reading is like is is this going to be canada's best ever world junior team and they're comparing them to 2005 and to like all those other classic years so immediately you're going into like and then you you see that they win their first game 16 to 2 everyone is like pumping their chests out and waving the flag like oh my god we're the greatest hockey nation ever and then they come up against Slovakia in game two and it's basically what one nothing for for two periods yeah. and yeah. then and Canada still wins three one uh empty net goal is the third one but um <clears throat> it's it's kind of funny like uh the perspective of if Canada doesn't steamroll everybody right. then are like are they you know, is there whatever controversy or like you right. know, the, the thing I read everything is so everything's so like analyzed about this team and and everything but you know for one so canada is the number one ranked team going in because we won gold last year germany they were relegated to the division below the world whatever this is right so this is their first time back in five years so the they're the lowest ranked team plus they have all these dudes out with covid including their top ranked goalie so the both goalies that played yesterday or whatever day that was a few days ago they were like, you know, the B and C goalie and for Germany and they they looked like it. And like, you know, it's too bad. It's it's rough. You always feel bad for a team like that when they get spanked like that. But I've been on both I've been on that losing end of a game like that probably a couple times. Every Stinkbirds game that I play pretty much we're we're losing something like that, you know? So it's whatever like it builds character i guess but like they didn't have their top goalie and stuff but then you go and play slovakia you're right and they they it was a close tight game that they essentially won you know it was 3-1 uh 2-1 with the empty netter right and slovakia's goalie you gotta hand it to to him and also like just the whole they play a real close checking game so so yeah with canada being the previous winner from the year prior they get kind of an easier passage so finland is obviously one of the top ranked teams and they look good so far this year buddy i don't know if you've seen any of the finland games but they they're, they're looking good, all yeah. right yeah and uh you know when slovakia showed their hey they're not they're not a terrible team you know um so they're you know but but getting us uh switzerland who also not terrible uh and germany though they do have sort of three teams that Canada should beat and then you've got Finland so and then you look at the other pool and it's it's a lot tougher right like so that's the perks of winning I guess is you get you get to play teams like Germany 
But uh, you know you what know. else I like about the World Juniors is the fact that you get three points for a win in mm. regulation, and that's something that I feel the NHL needs to do eventually. And this might be something that uh, you know hockey purists don't don't like, but I think it's a great idea to give three points for a well, regulation win, two points for a, a regular or a overtime or shootout win, you know, and then obviously uh, exactly like yeah. if you're handing out a point for losing in a shootout or overtime and you only get two points for a regulation win, I think that's a flawed system and the NHL should switch it because, yeah. So it, for, for every for every game, there's basically three points on the line. If you win in regulation, you get all three. If yeah. it goes to overtime or shootout, one team gets two, the other team gets one. So then yeah. that, that forces, that will, will would force teams... To not just play for the shootout, or not just to play just to get to overtime, Cause, exactly. Because you would you never, you would never catch those teams that are always winning in regulation. Yep, that's my hot exactly. take. <laughs> but I think the NHL likes the parody, you know, of yeah, those well, yeah. playoff races and stuff. And you would lose some of that with a three-point system, so that's probably the argument against it. But well, imagine, imagine last season, like how far ahead would Tampa Bay have been from Detroit? if Tampa Bay got three points in, in a regulation right. win. Right, like, right. Tampa Bay would have probably had 152 points or something. Yeah. Well, and that's the other argument probably uh, that hockey purists or NHL purists, whatever, wouldn't really like is that you couldn't compare historically without some sort of math equation, you know? <laughs> so That's true. Yeah. But, yeah. But back to the World yeah. Juniors, though, like with Team Canada, I think, you know, it's uh, – I think that the net is looking pretty solid with uh, Levi. He looks great, hey? Like, where did he come from? And uh, you're saying next thing he knows, he's being uh, called the next Carey Price. So, <laughs> Well, yeah, it's funny how how attention changes for goaltenders, Canadian goaltenders at the World Juniors. Um, like, they can either be, it seems like they can either be turned into, like, potential hockey legends or yeah. um they're the whole reason why Canada didn't win gold <laughs> like yeah, it's like yeah. it's just like it's such an extreme and and um with well like I guess in 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 the case of this year he wasn't even invited to the to the original camp like right. he wasn't even on hockey camp. Well, he I'm sure he was on their radar, but he wasn't part of that. But he first... was a little off the actual radar. Yeah. He was he wasn't part of that first invite list, and then I guess when they did their summer or whatever, the whole year's all messed up. Whatever, whenever that would have been. Exactly. <laughs> but um. What even is time anymore? <laughs> he he uh he you know he basically it's 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 funny like he I guess I don't know how this would have happened if it was through on ice session somewhere or like through video or something. But apparently he, he, with all the work he did, he was able to kind of like bump himself up the list, even though there was no games going on. Cause none of these guys would have played games since mid March. Yeah. You know, like OHL, WHL, QMJHL haven't played games. Anyone playing college in the States, they haven't played games since March. So whatever whatever he was doing over the course of things being shut down, what like if he was just like I said like workout videos or training with somebody, 
he basically bumped himself all the way up to the list to be starting for Team Canada. And, uh, you know, after <clears throat> after all the games so far, you know, he, 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 he what he split the game, the, the German game there. But even even at the sense of, um, you know, by no means did I ever think Canada was going to lose to Slovakia. Like, sure, it was a close game, but like it still looked like Canada had the game in in control. You know, like it was close, but at no point did I ever think Slovakia was going to score two to take the lead or anything like that. Like, no. it just it always it it did seem like Canada was in the driver's seat the whole time. Um, For sure, and, and he's and, just looked so solid in net. You know, like he just the, his body language, his positioning, everything. He looks just really solid in that net. And he's made some incredible saves, like that save on Tim Stoitzel in the uh, Germany game, when that game was only one nothing, I believe, and Germany had a two on one. That's right. Not that not that, that would have made it a different game, but you know, like it would have maybe given Germany a bit more of a pep in the step there. But uh, you know, that was quite the save on Stoitzel. And then uh, in Slovak, the Slovakia game yesterday, he, uh, yeah, he made uh, several saves just just a reassuring sort of presence in the net for team canada which is kind of all you can ask but you're saying like you know he's so he's gone from relative unknown worked his way onto the team canada roster starting goalie now i'm pretty sure you could say and uh yeah so one or two games of him being in the national spotlight and there's you know blog posts or articles being written (laughs) is this the next carry price and you know i think that's probably a little unfair to the guy so hopefully he's not reading the news and just staying in the moment but yeah but so. there like it, it's it like how everything gets blown way out of proportion yeah. from this world is juniors the it is. it's yeah. the way it is yeah. but i could see i could see like he's he's such a good goalie like and you know it's whether you want to compare him to carry price or even like i could say connor hellebuck has a little little bit little bit of this as well it's like they're so good with their position that yeah, they don't look like they're moving a whole they, lot. So it looks like they're lazy or, or like not moving, mm-hmm. but they're just always in the right spot. And then yeah. they don't have to work as hard. Whereas like you have goalies that are never in the right spot and they're like, like Pavlik was wor- the worst for this. And he would make these mer- like, well, when he did make these like acrobatic yeah. saves, it's because he was out of position and he had to make a crazy save to, to get there. But like yeah. I remember the first time ever seeing Carey Price play, and it was like, I don't even know what year this would have been, but Hamilton Bulldogs were playing against the Manitoba Moose, and he was like, whatever, probably his first first year or two of playing pro hockey, and it's like, who is this goalie? He looks so relaxed, and it's yeah. so effortless, and like he's making saves like like without even trying, and it's like yeah. like it's like you know you're a good goalie when you know where you need to be all the time. Yeah, totally. And that's Price's uh, sort of signature, I would say, is just like he just seems so calm and just cool as a cucumber. And that is one thing I really like about Hellebuck, too. Uh, he takes a bit of that from Price. He fall, You know, he's just like, just get in the way. It doesn't have to be flashy. You just stop the puck. And that's – and, yeah, this uh, Devin Levi guy, he seems to sort of have a bit of that in him. Very similar. Like, he, he, I don't know. he's not, like – he's just always seems to be like in the right spot. And like, yeah. if there's a rebound, he's got it under control. Like it's not all scrambly and it's just, yeah. it's like, it's nice to see. Like, I think 
it's like it's a comforting or more like um it, it some confidence when you see that the goalie is is just composed and and always in the right spot back there yeah and was he um so he's he's from montreal i believe uh or just outside of montreal um continuing on that sort of great tradition of the quebecois goalie but uh so I'm just dialing up his hockey database here, and he's playing for Northeastern University of the uh, NCAA, I guess, and was drafted this year by Florida Panthers in the seventh seventh round. But you think if you look at uh, Connor Hellebuck drafted in the fifth round or whatever. Yeah. So a lot of times, unless it's a guy like I don't know why Carey Price was like goalies are often not drafted so high this year the highest goalie was askarov the russian guy 10th overall or something i think or Uh, or just after the jets i think he was 11th 14th something like that and um but carrie price was i think drafted fifth overall maybe you know goalies you kind of have to find them uh the diamond in the rough so maybe seventh round pick by the florida panthers in a few years we'll see Levi may be out there doing his thing, but he's been great in Canada's net so far, that's for sure. Well, I also think I read something like saying that Roberto Luongo is kind of his goalie coach or mentor oh, no way. for the yeah. Florida Panthers. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Oh, that's cool. Not that Luongo had a great uh, world junior career, but um he... he's not a bad guy to learn from. Yeah. And you know what actually I heard recently is that the Florida Panthers have started and so did the Calgary Flames. They started a goaltending department for, um, so they now have like a goaltending sort of like, it's like a three or whatever man department. They have a goaltending sort of head or whatever. And then they have a goaltending scout and then a goaltending coach and that work. And the three of them, they sort of work with their picks and prospects to sort of like just provide consistency along the way, no matter what stage of, development they're at i guess i don't know anyway so and luongo is on florida's yeah goaltending department yeah and so now levi would would be uh, underneath his uh, guidance yeah yeah that's kind of cool yeah so um what else about the world juniors uh I, oh i was gonna ask you or you got something there well i was just gonna say you know can't like just further to Canada, it's like they're steamrolling everybody. Well, maybe not Slovakia yesterday, but I still think they had that game in hand. Um, tomorrow, yeah, it wasn't really in doubt. Tomorrow they play the Swiss, um, and then I think they ha- then then they have Finland after that. And I, uh, you know, I I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if Canada finishes the Group A uh, with with a loss there. Like the Finns are looking yeah. good. They they're looking really good, and and of course. Um, watching from the perspective of a Winnipeg Jets fan, you can't help but be excited about what Billy Hainol is doing there. He's looked really good. And then the other guy, Henry Niskanen or Nikanen, something like that. He's, <coughs> he's also looked pretty good. Um, and then you look at their captain, which is Lundell. Yeah. And he was taken just after uh, the Jets chose Cole Perfetti in the draft this year. He's looking so, very good. He's looking really good for Finland, so you know maybe a little woulda, coulda, shoulda there, but I, I don't think that the um, 
that choosing Perfetti was a bad choice at all because he's looked uh, pretty nice so far with uh, some some nice assists, good work along the boards and stuff, and just yeah, that line of him and McMichael and Krebs, I think, is Canada's unofficial top line in a way. You don't have like a, a nightmares thinking, you know, there could be like a Lundell <laughs> li- uh, line with. Or uh, yeah, line A Lundell and Veselainen, you know this <laughs> this Finnish super line for the Jets, right. like in three years or something. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm with Craig Button. You take the players, doesn't matter where they're from, throw that out the window. I just I heard him say that yesterday when he was I was tuned into the Finland game there, and and Craig Button was going on about about Billy Hainala, and then um, I don't know who then they started talking about after that, but. He he uh, was saying, you know, uh, doesn't matter where the player is from. You just draft the you draft the best guy that or the guy you want or whatever. So while it might be nice for Finnipeg to, uh, yeah. you know, come to fruition, we've got we've got a bunch of Finns already. We got uh, Sammy Niku. Yeah, Niku isn't uh, Luoto. He's Finnish, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, Veselainen, yeah. Laine. Yeah. Yeah, so there's um, some guys. If you had to compare Heinola to to somebody, who mm. would it be? That's a tough call. Um, like a current guy, maybe, do you mean? Because I think the common thing is people look at them and they say they're both Finnish. Neither are astoundingly huge. So they he gets compared to Niku a lot. But I don't, just having seen Heinola's game a little bit and Niku's a little more, I don't think that they're like Heinola plays a much different kind of game than Niku. I think, um, I don't know. He, he seems, um, Heinola seems good defensively. Like he was blocking shots. He's on the PK. He's doing all that kind of stuff. Yeah. He's not a big guy though. So he might have to, you know, get a little bigger as he ages a little more. He's only 19 or whatever he is. Right. So, um, there's maybe some weight he'll put on, but he's already, I think he's listed at 511 180. So that's not, you know, he could put another 10 or whatever pounds on and solid. But he's uh he's good with the puck. His skating, Very I don't know, good, it's yeah. like he seems like it's fine or whatever, but his puck skills and whatnot seems really good and he's made some nice setups in the uh, ozone from the blue line and whatnot, so I don't know who I would compare him to really right away off the top of my head, to be honest, but I, I do like the look of what he can do, whether or not he's a lock for the Jets blue line this year or whatever. I don't think so, but we'll see, I guess. Right. So. Yeah. Before, before we go too deep, we'll, we'll dig into that a little bit later in the episode, but um, it just, it's just something like I, I watch him play and I, like, I can't really compare him to anybody. Like, not not that he's like super unique, but he's small, but like he's still effective mm-hmm. as a defenseman. You know, um, the one guy that comes to mind is maybe Chris Letang, but Letang I feel is a little more flashier with with on the offensive side of, of the puck. But Letang's probably a better skater, maybe if, if of the two for sure. Yeah, but yeah, I can see a Letang sort of. I can kind of see that. Yeah. But um, e- even like the small taste of you know seeing him with the Jets for a few games last season, there you, he uh, he he fit right in, and it's yeah. it seemed like he could have stayed. You know they made the call to send him to the Moose and then send him to Europe or whatever. But 
Yeah. I think he could like he he could have played the whole season, you know. It might not it might not have been a great season, but he he yeah, exactly. he, he could have hung with the boys for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I think he'll just get better and till the point where he is a lock to make the team, but he's not quite there yet, I don't think, but he looks really good for Finland, that's for sure. Yeah. And so. then I guess just one last thought, like I haven't watched a ton of group B. Um I think Sweden it still has like their record going of like being what undefeated in the pre- preliminary round. And it goes back. Yeah, It's like, like some insane 14 years uh, or something number of games yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. So, but yeah, like you, you're right. Like you look at uh, Canada's group, Canada, Finland are going to run away with group a, but yeah. over, over there in group B, you've got Sweden, Sweden, USA and Russia, like uh, kind of pretty much all fighting for, for the top spot. And the Czechs are still there too. Like Austria's, unfortunately uh in for a rough ride for the next no week or so yeah. but um but yeah sweden usa russia uh you know they're all going to be fighting for for number one spot because like whoever i think probably finishes third is going to get matched up against canada like you know assuming canada gets first in group a but right. um yeah I, I don't know i think you know if if you want to call yesterday game Canada's first um you know facing adversity for the first time uh maybe that's a understatement cuz i think this game against Finland in a couple of days is is going to be the the first real test for for the guys yeah that'll be the that's the real deal right there once they get to that Finland game you can almost look at these other games as a bit of a warm up for that game and uh that'll be that'll be must see tv and so here's a little aside is that new year's eve the day of that game that's that's uh our due date for our baby so hopefully uh if all works out according to plan we can watch that game and then after that game you know we could go uh and have a baby but we'll see how that plays out not gonna <laughs> not gonna try and you know, got too bold with uh, my predictions on that one. So, but yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess for uh, teams that I like, aside from Canada, Finland is definitely one. And Czech Republic, I always like watching them too. So it was nice to see them kind of upset Russia last uh, last night. I didn't uh, I didn't get to tune into the game, but checked it out, the highlights, the score this morning. And yeah, they uh, goalie stood on his head and they got a couple timely goals and Beat down the big bad Russians with a two-zip shutout. So, yeah, always kind of fun to see those upsets like that. Um, let's. Uh... Well, we're <laughs> we're gonna talk some NHL here later on the okay. episode, but we're gonna what foreshadow that with a little bit of tune here. Well, sure. I I was hoping we could just get a snippet. I was trying to work in a segue, but I don't really know. Uh, I'm oh, not... you want to do the penalty song? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I want to hear a little bit of that. So let's just take a quick little intermission. Okay, but before we, for the listeners at home that don't know what this is, like give them right. give them the backstory. Sure. Last year, the the. I guess the segue is right there. That is last year the World Juniors were in the Czech Republic, and uh, I think it was Ostrava Czech Republic or something. And every penalty in the tournament, every single one, the house music in the arena was this like bizarre song. And we talked about it last year on the show here. And um, you know the song is called Charlie 
by a guy named Alan Hawkshaw. It's like just jingles. This guy just like wrote jingles or whatever. And this is one of them. And it was on for every single penalty. And it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> and the what there were a lot of memes on the internet that came out after, like during the juniors last year. One of which that came out afterwards was Corey Perry walking down that in the outdoor game against Nashville. He got kicked out of the game very early, pretty, very pretty early yeah. on, and had to walk like a quarter mile to the dressing room or whatever. And the, somebody dubbed this song over his uh, walk to the dressing room. It was just classic. So anyway, let's just uh, get a taste of that. <laughs> So there you go. That was uh, the World Junior Penalty Song from last year. Um, and yeah, I could see why that is the subject of many memes. Because it's it's got like a very uh, circus kind of... Oh, yeah, I don't know. That's crazy. But um, I'm sure the guy... Uh, I can't. I can't imagine you know him sitting down in his basement studio, you know, and coming up with that riff, and then and all of a sudden this song is now played at <laughs> hockey games everywhere, and you know, like in like I said, in memes and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, that's what I really hope that it takes off, and I was hoping that you know the World Juniors would kind of just like adopt that as their like now official penalty song going forward from henceforth on you know or if like you go to a jets game back in the future like when uh, we, we're allowed to do such things again somebody takes a penalty and that's the song that comes on that'd be that'd be that would please me so much but yeah it's just uh good fun i so. would i would like to talk to alan hackshaw and be like how do you name a song like that charlie like what <laughs> well, so I, I looked at the song listings on the album and they're all just like names like it's just like none of them I'm pretty sure none of them mean anything. Okay. Just, he just gave names to these jingles, and yeah, it's okay. uh, pretty classic. But but yeah, so to, here's a segue. Since we're good at segues, um, <clears throat> Corey Perry walked down the hall or down whatever on that meme to the World Junior Penalty song, and now Corey Perry, as of today, uh, signed a one-year contract for. I believe league minimum to play with the Montreal Canadiens this upcoming season. So uh, there's been a flurry of signings and a couple trades, nothing too groundbreaking yet, although some notable trades and stuff, but you know, uh, why don't we talk about some of those that have happened lately? Like for example, like Montreal also just signed uh, Michael Frolik. So adding a couple uh, Wiley veterans to the roster in Perry and Frolik. Um, and then, you know, Ottawa has been very busy the last few days as well. They've had a very busy offseason in general, but Ottawa just made a deal with Tampa, which helps Tampa get under the cap. By So Ottawa sent them a couple LTIR contracts, basically. 
Well, I don't think they're under the cap yet, but like on their way they, to becoming below the cap. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It seems very complicated anyway. But out of this, Ottawa got uh, Cedric Paquette and yep. uh, Braden Coburn. Two solid, two solid depth guys. Yeah, and then the, just earlier, Ottawa made a trade with Phoenix or Arizona, whatever they're called, and got uh, Derek Stepan. Yeah. Uh, centerman. So they, I think both Packet and Stepan are centers, possibly. So that really solidifies the middle of the ice position for them. I think they got a few young guys, and then they've also, I don't know if Dadanov plays center, but uh, uh, anyway, Ottawa's kind of all of a sudden. Well, also they're looking, with their know. with their draft picks from twenty twenty, like you would um, you'd think that with having two picks in the top was it top five? I think both of those yeah. guys are going to be playing. Uh, Sanderson and Stutzel. Yeah, I think those guys yeah. will be in the lineup as well. For sure. And one of the things I read uh, this morning after learning about Ottawa's moves there was that, um, you know, both of these guys that they had just acquired in Stepan and Paquette, maybe even Coburn, I could be wrong, they're on the final year of their contracts. So those are guys who uh, could likely be dealt, possibly, at the trade deadline, you know, if Ottawa is selling, which I would suspect most people expect them to be so you know they could turn those guys into another draft pick each pretty much you know um depending on the situation so kind of some wise maneuvering by ottawa's gm pierre duarion or duaron or whatever his name is there and yeah i don't know it's uh, pretty smooth yeah you know in in uh my reaction to to definitely seeing Froelich and Perry going to Montreal along with like uh, other things that they've done. They've added Josh Anderson. They already have a really good solid defense uh, lineup there, plus Carey yep. Price and Net. And they added um, Jake Allen as their backup. So yep. their 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 defense and their goaltending are definitely not an issue. Um, I would say that they don't have the offensive you know skill that most teams yeah, do. Where- Where's the goals going to come from? But, you know, I guess the cliche is defense wins championships kind of thing. So yeah. my initial reaction to seeing Montreal's moves, to me, always, like, it just, because they're doing stuff, also adding Corey Perry, a guy who's been deep in the playoffs. He's got, like, he's been there. He's won a cup. He's won Olympic medals. Like, he, he's been in those important games. You need guys like that around. Um Yeah. Uh, yeah, a, a veteran leadership sort of role for Perry. I don't think he's going to be expected to well, skate. You know, he's not going to score twenty tonight. goals or whatever. And no. but like for me, being a Jets fan, it's like, oh, why didn't the Jets get Froelich or why didn't yeah. you know this? So it's 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 kind of always like, at first, my reaction is like, oh, great, now Montreal is going to be really good. But then, yeah. like after I like you know take a breath. And then I'm like, wait a second, like these moves don't always work. Like sometimes these guys don't gel. Like if you think about like all those classic years of, of Philly and the Rangers just spending tons of money on players and those teams never won, like just because they like made moves and brought in a whole bunch of guys doesn't always mean they're going to be a solid, um, a solid team or like, it's not always going to just work out on the ice. Like on paper, it looks good. So at yep. first, my reaction to Montreal's moves was like, 
oh great now they're going to be above the jets and like it's going to be the canadian division is going to be a, a a tough division to to compete in cuz in my you know i think now i think there's probably like six teams that are fighting for four spots you know yeah um so totally. my initial reaction for montreal was like ah crap but at the same time i you know you take a breath and you're like wait a second you know who's yeah. going to score all their goals or you know that just because they brought in josh anderson or they brought in fro leak like because where has fro leak been the past couple of seasons like calgary he's been in calgary but traded. really you don't hear Chicago. about him like he just kind yeah. of fades into obscurity so he's a good penalty killer though and he has won a cup before so you know i think montreal is going to be hoping tyler Toffoli can rip a, f- a few goals for him so and then they were obviously hoping that suzuki and kakanyemi step it up and that druin kind of plays the way he's capable of playing so there's a lot of of theoreticals with montreal but on paper i think that they've improved drastically and honestly like getting uh jake allen you know, to split the goaltending duties with Price, if that works out, if he plays any good at all, then, you know, that could go, that could make a world of difference, which, you know, we'll get into it with the Jets, but like um, in this condensed season with a lot of back-to-back games, teams are going to have to get performance from their backup goalies and, you know, Montreal's kind of set up right now, at least on paper, to do that. So it's kind of promising for them. And then, you know, of course, um, yeah, I don't know. Like defensively, I think that they're sound with Petrie and Weber and Sherratt. And then they added Edmondson. And then they've got, you know, a couple younger dudes in Fleury and uh, Mete yeah. and Juleson and uh, who's the other dude they got. Anyway, they're they're looking all right, I think. So it's just a matter of playing the games, which, you know, I think that the boys are mostly in the towns where they're supposed to be now. And I think they're probably informally skating maybe at the ice plex or in Montreal over in Brossard or whatever. And yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But I think that, you know, training camp's going to kick off and we'll start seeing line combos and stuff and it'll get real in a hurry. So um, right now it seems theoretical, but you look at Winnipeg and you're always like, it's all, and I think it's always the case, eh? You're just like, Chevy, what are you yeah, doing? Come on. Anything? Yeah. Have you, are you even awake? Like, where you at, bud? Yeah. So, but that is, um, you know, the, the crux of being a Jets fan. <laughs> you're, it's, uh, it's just kind of always radio silence from, from the team until, until something happens. And then you're like, oh yeah, wow. Okay. So uh, we'll see, but like, you know, I think with the Jets, I don't know. Um, well, let, let's before we get into the Jets, let's wrap, we'll finish this real little roundup here. But so also announced, I don't know if that was today or yesterday, was Mike Hoffman going to St. Louis. Yeah. So there's one, and um, you know the Jets aren't in the Central this year, but that'd be another example of a Central team seemingly getting a little bit better but i guess tarasenko's kind of on the shelf i think he's out for most of the season if not all of it because of a surgery yeah so are the blues do you think that they're a team you know was was jordan bennington a flash in the pan tarasenko he's apparently not happy that 
O'Reilly was named captain because Tarasenko thought he had more seniority, you know, so he was talking to the Russian media and stuff. And O'Reilly, who's only been there two years, is now the name of the captain. And, uh, you know, like, do you think there's turbulent? Petrangelo's gone now, you know. What Do you think St. Louis has it in them to sort of be a top team again? Or are they kind of one and done? Well, I think I think they're for sure going to be, like, a contending team. But if you think about the season when they won the Stanley Cup, it was like the perfect storm. They yeah. fired their coach like just after Christmas or or January or whatever, and then they got hot and they just stayed hot. You know, like it just like you've seen that a few times. Like that happened to Pittsburgh. They they changed coaches. There's there's a lot like there's a lot of circumstances where that happens where a coaching change just kind of ignites the team and they're they're like it's all almost like a brand new team or it's like like yeah. a, a whole like they just go on a run. Whereas, like from the and I say say in Bennington's um, situation, he was just super hot for like half a season, and then including the playoffs, and then of course he won. Same like the same thing has happened to Matt Murray, like for the two cup, the two cups that uh, Pittsburgh won there. The back um, to backs, so. yeah. But, but like, it's it's a whole different ball game when you're start when everyone's starting from scratch from like at mm-hmm. the at the start of a new season. So I do believe that San Jose or um, San Jose that that St. Louis is a good team, a good contending team, but you've seen it like in the classic years of like the Detroit's and the San Jose's and the Colorado's. Like if you think in the '90s and the 2000s, where like they're coming off a win, and then it's like it almost took everything for them to get that win, and then they just can never get get it back again. Like yeah. to me, like. I don't know. Like, I guess Tampa Bay is a different situation because they're going to be without Kucherov now for the whole season because he, right. he just got a hip surgery. Um, yeah. But you have to, like, but do you just like take him out and does Stamkos come in? But or like, is Stamkos going to stay healthy? Who knows? Right. Um, like, and there's there's still a whole bunch of moving pieces with Tampa Bay. Um, you know, if you think about Pittsburgh. Well, like even you think about any team, the season right now is only fifty six games. So whoever yeah. gets hot, the that, whoever exactly. goes on a run early, you can just ride that run probably for the most of the season. And that's why I don't feel feel um, like it's a long shot. Even though Edmonton doesn't really have much for goaltending or a ton of depth, but yeah. if you've got McDavid and Drysaitel, those guys can like light it up for 56 games and like run yeah. a run away with it. Like that's, it could to- potentially happen because it's, it's, yeah, a, 50, it's, a, uh, it's a sprint. Yeah, exactly. A 56 game season isn't exactly long enough for um, sort of things to balance each other out over the course of the year. So one team could have stupid injuries and just derail their whole season where another team could just, yeah, come out of the gates hot, they win like their first 10 games or whatever, and they're off to the races, you know, whereas or, you know, if you have like a five game losing streak or something like that in a 56 game season, that could that could potentially sink you, you know, so you can't really afford to have those kind of multi game losing skids um, and you have to come out hot and. You know, with all the back-to-backs, you can't exactly afford to give up points by playing your backup goaltender, which maybe you don't, you know, there's no, there's no like a uh, long leash for a, a 
I don't think, you know, like we, we, speaking of the Jets specifically, for example, let's say they go with Laurent Brassois as their backup, who they have, you know, um, if he if he plays like last year where he was kind of like sub 900 save percentage, you know, 3.5 or whatever it was, goals against average, like that's just not going to cut it. And like my fear is that they'll just give him too long a leash and keep putting him in and getting the same results over and over when really you need to look at any other option because there's just no time for a goalie to sort of try be trying to find his game, if you will. Yeah, you can't sacrifice a game by just giving your starter the night off. Like yeah. you need to make sure that like if you're putting in your backup, whoever that may be, that you still have a, like a like a strong chance of getting getting the win. Whereas like if if you think about two seasons ago when Brassois first came here, wasn't he like ten oh and one or something? Like he was really, really good. So oh, I think yeah. I think the fans would be hoping that he we get that Laurent Brassois rather than the one we saw for most of last year. He did have some he he kinda came on a little bit towards the end of last year, but you know, small sample size. And I think that you probably are also gonna see kind of like you mentioned before we went to air um we'll see connor hellebuck probably play 50 games out of 56 you know let the let the horses run as they say so yeah like i i think you could almost use that same like brassois like analogy for the jets like if it's if it's the jets from two years ago that show up for this season then Mm. yeah the boys are making the playoffs and we're gonna have a good season like if you think about that 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 year, you know, and I've said this before, like the Jets could have been down by three goals in the second period, and you still had confidence that they would come back and win that game. Whereas I feel like, you know, the past year and a half, it's kind of like what which Jets team, like especially, like you know, this this moment will be burned into my mind. You know, watching the the St. Louis playoff series there we watched like the deciding game at your place and then we went to leo's tavern there or leopold's tavern there after that but that whole season it it was it was always like which jets team is going to show up like if it's the one from the season before then we got this but if it's not then it's like i don't real really feel good about the jets so same thing going into this season if 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 they show up and it's like connor shifley Wheeler are firing, you know, Stasny's like centering that second line and line A is like, you know, yeah. firing and scoring. And then, you yeah. know, maybe like if the defensives have kind of settled in with DeMello now and adding Sandberg or Heinola or whatever, and Connor Hellebuck has a similar season to his past couple of years, then sure, the Jets are great. But I don't have a ton of confidence watching the Jets the past, you know, year and a half because sometimes it's like, who's who's showing up and who's not which team is it gonna be totally yeah it, and it's been a bit of a crapshoot and you know i kind of wonder sometimes if that's coaching or what it is um and i i don't know like nothing i don't know like with paul maurice he's he's obviously a very experienced nhl coach i think he knows what he's doing um but sometimes i feel like his stubbornness or whatever you want to call that sort of trait of his is maybe holding the team back in a way like, you know, like if he would, but I think that's kind of very common for a fan to think like, Oh, if they just did this or just did that, you know, they get different results, but we don't have 
what is it 2000 games of nhl experience or whatever palmer he says so yeah you know. at, at the same time like you you would hope that the players could motivate themselves because they're professionals totally. um totally. but at the same time sometimes the coach does kind of fall like the coaching does kind of fall on deaf ears and sometimes you do need like a, you know a fresh take or or a new perspective. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's where Lowry comes in, you know, with I think so. With him coming in, there's gonna be like some new blood, uh, and like some fresh ideas or something. Maybe that's gonna yeah. like spark something. And the yeah. fact that like, you know, there's the father connection and also like his his like long history of of a success in the NHL, like that yeah. might spark something. But um I don't know. I like there's just still too many questions and my what what I kind of rely on right now is what I've seen lately, and it just seems like I don't real I don't feel great about the Jets because it just kind of feels like they've been kind of flat the past year and a half. Right. So looking at the Jets going into training camp here, so training camp will start on uh, January third uh, for pretty much all the teams. I guess the teams that miss the playoffs they get to start camp a few days earlier, but um, so. They're starting up on the third, and, you know, as we can see it right now, the roster sort of is what it is. They, You know, there's there might be another move or two to come. It's hard to say. Jack Roslevic still hasn't signed a contract. So could he potentially either be signed, traded, whatever, or left unsigned? Hard to say, right? So, but, but let's assume that he's signed. Um what do you think the Jets sort of most glaring hole or what's their biggest deficiency if when looking at this roster to you? Well, I would say the Jets, like the Jets are totally in a position of strength right now with Roslovic because he could not show up and I think they'd still be fine for forwards. Yeah. Like until maybe some injuries start happening, like no offense to the guy, but Matthew Perot is inevitably inevitably going to get injured. Like it's right. going to happen. Um, and then that that's you know you you know and then injuries tend to kind of happen in in you know succession. You tend to like lose a couple guys or whatever. So then that's where your yeah. depth really needs to show up. Like if you think about the play in series or how the Jets lost uh, Shifley and Line and Appleton. Um, but I, right recover. now, right now, like I think it's it's. It's purely a loss to Jack Roslovic himself if he doesn't sign. Because I know Sheveldayoff, even though his phone is probably already on Do Not Disturb Silent, I'm sure, he, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's not even answering calls from Roslovic's agent because he could care less unless he's like right. going to sign for like, you know, quite low. Because all the, all the strength is with the Jets. Yeah. Um, because, you know, like Jansen Harkins, Mason Appleton, in my opinion, have now jumped ahead of Jack Roslevic as yeah. far as uh, as far as depth. You know, you got... they're at least at this they're They're at least at the point where you could put either of those guys in and not even worry about. You wouldn't even know the difference. Yeah. yeah and then exactly. you guys, you got guys like Cole Perfetti, who's going to be coming in from from the World Juniors. Christian Veselainen, I have I, I there's something about him. I feel he's going to still kick in somewhere. David Gustafson. You know, there's a, there's a lot of positions here for the forwards that, you know, Roslovic could quickly get pushed aside. And because he's an RFA with no arbitration rights, he could just be cast aside and he'll be begging for a trade. 
and Chevy doesn't need to do anything because it's like, dude, if you don't want to sign, um, have fun sitting at Boston Pizza, uh, you know, Keniston. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not that's where he lives or anything, but yeah. you know, I, I would say that more of a BP Taylor Ave kind of guy. Yeah, over here and if he's there, then maybe I'll see his car when I drive by. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, you I guess you got to say like you know you've kind of alluded to this. It's the backup goalie position, and also the the defense. But at the same time, like I think it's just overall like. Which Jets team is it, is it going to be Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley like owning everybody, or or is it going to be Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley kind of looking like they are trying but they're not really doing anything like right. there's so you to you maybe the their biggest uh, hole or or issue is is mental is, it's mental or, or, like, or it's motivation you know like right I, like I think. I think they've got a great team, a great looking team. I'm looking at it here on Cap Friendly. It's a pretty solid lineup, but yeah. you know, uh, you know, hard work beats skill when skill doesn't work hard. Work hard. So, you know, you, you got Wheeler, you got Connor, you got Liney, you got Ehlers, you got Stasny, you got Shifley, you got Cop, you got Lowry, you got a bunch of guys, but you know, you could easily get beat by. Yeah, you know, a, a team that's just work outworking these guys because there was yeah. quite a few times the past year and a half where, you know, they looked like they weren't motivated. So yeah, I think you look at that at that 2018 team that had the run to the Western Final, and one thing that you could characterize them was how hard working that team was. They never gave and, up. Yeah. Yeah, and they were they were they had the skill to sort of whatever. So I think if this team. Uh, gets that identity of hardworking team. And, and honestly, like that's just kind of has to be Winnipeg's thing because we're never going to be a New York or a Vancouver or whatever, the flashy sort of, you know, it's, 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 that's, that's the kind of town that Winnipeg is and you need, we need like a team that shows up and works hard, I think. Right. So it's kind of just, um, yeah, and I think I, I look at the team as well and think, on paper, I think it looks pretty good up front. I think is obviously the team's strength is is both in its forwards and then its starting goaltender. Um, and and to me, I think the defense is going to be underrated. I think that they're going to play pretty, like I, you know, knock on wood that we don't have the amount, uh, the quantity, or the quality of injuries that that fell upon the team last year. That was just like a lot for the team to handle plus all the other stuff that everybody already knows about losing Myers and Truba and Sherratt and Bufflin. So like, you know, for them to be able to stay afloat, great. Now it's a lot of those same guys are back. They've added forward and that's about it. So you look at this group now and you can say, I like I, they, they kind of trimmed the fat a little bit and I look at it at the you know the six or eight guys who are sort of listed on the main roster and then you look at the guys just below them i like it i think that there's a good group of guys there does it lack a big name sort of big time star d sure it does but you know whatever like yeah. you look at the penguins who won the cup in uh exactly, whatever yeah. that was 16 or whatever yeah, and, they they Tang. Tang. and yeah. other than that you're like okay ron hainsey whatever yeah. you know like but hey, everyone worked. stepped up. 
uh, for yeah. those for the Penguins there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so but yeah, I, I think I think like the the Jets are going in to this season with with a pretty well rounded lineup. It's just mm-hmm. are we gonna see are we gonna see like Blake yeah. Wheeler from two seasons ago? Uh, yeah. who's who's like in the top ten of scoring and like is the power play like firing on all all cylinders? You know, like they're gonna be huge. They were they were pretty much scoring almost like you know, all like like nonstop. Um yeah. but yeah, it just it's it's not a question of like who's putting on the jersey. It's the question of are those guys wearing the jerseys showing up? Yeah, for sure. And uh, I, I'll I'll agree a hundred percent with you there for sure. To me, the biggest hole, and and I've been thinking about it. The last, somebody on our WhatsApp chat threw the question out about Burden and the whatever. And to me, the biggest question is goaltending and it's not to do with Connor Hellebuck. I don't have any questions about him, but it's this condensed schedule and the fact that we're going to have to play some backup goalies. And does Paul Maurice use his stubbornness too much and always keep putting Brassois in, or does he give Mikel Burden a shot? Cause you know, Burden has looked uh, good over in the KHL in his stint over there this year. He looked good in the AHL last year. Um, he's a guy I think that it's kind of knocking on the door to be in the NHL, and maybe next year when Laurent Brossois' contract is over, Burden becomes Connor Hellebuck's understudy. You know, so but like with the taxi squad and the teams allowed to carry three or however many goalies they want, like to me it kind of seems like. A real question mark what to do with Burdan. Do you put Comrie on your taxi squad and let Burdan play every game in the AHL? Or do you, because right now I don't even know if the AHL is going to happen or how it's going to happen or anything. I think, so I think you, they're just playing the Canadian teams are playing against each other in the AHL. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so, you know, do you put him in the AHL and give him all the game time you can give him, or do you put him? Uh, on the taxi squad, essentially, and let him practice every day with the NHL team, taking shots from Patrick Line and all the rest of it every day. You know, like it, it's a bit of a question mark what to do there. And I just fear that the Jets will kind of be like, well, we've got Laurent Brassois, we're paying him, and he will be our backup goalie. You know, yeah. Rather than based on performance, but maybe Brassois will prove me wrong and be awesome. He'll be the LB of two years ago. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, in the first 10 games of the Jets season that they play Hellebuck for nine of them. Mm. And then, you know, I think after that first 10 games, you're going to be like, you're going to kind of see where you're at. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. Like if the Jets are like eight, eight and two after the first 10 games, well, you know, like, or are they yeah. going to be four and five, and, four or five and one or something, you yeah. know, like, I don't yeah. know. I, I think it's, I think teams are going to try and – well, teams will have to adapt on the fly because it's going to be a different season for everybody. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't see – like from from what I gather from things that I've heard Paul Maurice say and same with Hellebuck, Hellebuck wants to play every single game. Yeah. You know, like yeah. – and I think in in a situation like this, it's only 56. Like he's 
he's played 70 before, hasn't he? Like, you know. Well, for sure. But there's, in a normal season, there's not as many back-to-backs you yeah, get a day of rest I, I know, but he's, all the rest of it. I still think, he, I still think Connor Hellebuck would be like, banging on Maurice's door saying, if you don't put me in coach, you know, like I'm going to put your track suit in the, in the sink or whatever. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I think realistically you could look at Connor Hellebuck and say he'll play like 40 or 45, but like the number of back to backs is just like statistically and everything you look at it and goalies just like, no matter who they are, just don't play as well on the back to back. And at some point you have to rely on those numbers and just say, like, I don't care what you say. You're, you know, as the coach, you got to tell the guy, like, that's just the way she goes or whatever. But you need your backup to do the job. And if your backup's not doing the job, you look like an ass because you're not putting your star player in who could probably do the job. So it's yeah. a tough, tough uh, spot for him. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. So well, let's take a quick little break here. Come back with some Tanev time. Uh, and, uh, well, you know, a little bit of a little bit of talk, and uh, we'll wrap things up. But do we have a little song we want to throw to? Well, yeah. If we're gonna if we're gonna talk some Tanev, we're talking some Penguins for sure. And after mm-hmm. like uh, some weeks of research with with yeah. with our uh, intern, <laughs> you know, we all we all just hammered on the keyboards for like weeks just doing all the research that we could. And we found that we haven't really played a lot of rap or hip hop on talking mm-hmm. hockey, the hockey talking show. So come, we got a song here from tribe called quest, keep it rolling. And there's a penguins reference in here with the great one. That's I, I said it. Mario Lemieux. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll be, we'll be right back after right. keep it rolling. Yeah, see if you can spot the uh, the Lemieux reference. Hey yo, swing, 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 so chop, chop, chop. Yo, that's the sound when MCs get mopped. Don't come around town without the hip in your hop. Cause when the shit hits the fan, that ass will get dropped. MCs wanna attack me, but them punks can't go. I have you left without a job, like Isaac from the Lobo. Some money, watch your mouth. From JFK to Russia, back down to London, Sweden and Brazil. Do a U.S. tour for three months and then I chill. Styles be fat like Jackie Gleason, the rest be art corny. People love the dog like the kids love Barney. I love you, you love me. The shorty fight dog is your favorite MC. So move back yourself, Dread, you know the element. The tribe is good for your health like a can of nutriment. MCs don't have no wins, MCs don't have no bits. Flip your crazy than a bustler full of Jerry's kids. Your crew don't want it, and your crew don't want it. But if you feel you can swing it, the money please bring it. Large professor in the house, you know how we do. I skate on your crew, like Mario Lemieux. Visa, I talk, and the rest of the crew. I'll meet you guys in front of the cleaners, bring the brunch and the fruit, so. What's up, kids? The average speaker from the moon. Thanks for your support. Ayo, I'll be home soon. But the only thing I ask when I return from my task is a whole bunch of beats and a flask full of ass. My fist stands firm because I'm black and solid. I open up your pores like a plate full of collars. Come on, take it easy, would ya? Easy, easy. I'm up in the gully. That's when I am her buddy. She told me pull her hair. I did. It drove a nutty. Filled up the hole like spackle or I mean putty. When we over joints like this, we never cruddy. Extra P hook the beat and kids it feels lovely. Check it out, cause my conception is immaculate. A bachelor looking for a bachelorette. Back to you, MCs. 
This is what you're gonna get, a first degree burn from my man Ken Cigarette. I hope you like Marlboro, before you know we thorough like Denver. The beat feels like a never ender, but all things good must, so I won't sweat it. Drop the seeds for the youthful crew, I hope you get it as I stand with this mic inside my hand. Boy, I smack you up like I was your old friend, so respect yourself, son, and come and give me love. Once again, the ab is who you think of, so chill with the beef money, we gotta get it. It's extra PAO tip, I'm about to set it on the country once again, here to win. I'm uptown chilling, taking in this Grandmaster Vic blend from the projects, the PJs. Fuck them two DJs, self-mission. I had her in the ill position, seeing large use the soul brother that I like to F with. Yeah, yeah, now check the method as I proceed with what you need like Akineli. A whip looks complete when the tires say Pirelli Funk Monkey. One rapper fell off, now he's a junkie. There's eight million stories in the city, it's a pity. Don't fuck with the skins if she's trying to act shitty. Big shout to the guru, Primo and Zulu. Lulu Nation was on a vacation in the ghetto. Yo, ride slow, yo, all I'm about to bag this here schmetal. Rapper Nas on top it, seems we gonna rock it. Queens represent by the album when I drop it. Drop it. All right, well, that was Tribe Called Quest with a tune called uh, Keep It Rollin'. That's from their Midnight Marauders album. So we're uh, playing nothing but the hits here on Talking Hockey. You can, of course, check out the Talking Hockey official playlist. It's on Apple Music. Um, I need to get Linktree, you know, for uh, the Instagram so that you just click the link in the bio and then it's like, oh, do you want A bunch of things, to... yeah. Yeah. Do you want to see our uh, website where you can listen to the show or do you want to go to Apple Music where you can listen to our official playlist? Because right now you can only it's really just have one thing. One. Yeah. yeah. So um, listeners, if you want to find the official Talking Hockey playlist, send me a message on Instagram at Talking Hockey Podcast. <coughs> I'll send you the link. Excuse me. Before we go too far, I actually I want to give a shout out to Chicago Matt. Well, you know, a longtime yeah. listener of the show that, you know, we haven't uh, talked about lately. It's been probably a year since we talked about it on the show. But, uh, you know, uh, Matt and I, have we, we've been kind of DMing back and forth, talking some hockey on the gram there. And, uh, yeah, here's a here's just a little shout out to Chicago Matt there. Thanks for listening there, bud. Uh, Absolutely. Maybe yeah. one, and... one of these days we can maybe get down to Chicago and go rip some clappers and drink some beers. Well, one of my dreams is to go to a Hawks game in Chicago. So, I, yeah, for sure. But, like, also, yeah, shout out to Chicago. Matt uh, sends in um, these classic clips and things of old vintage hockey stuff he finds either on his on the net or maybe he's got a stack of old VHS tapes. Hard to say, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's always sending in quality content there for the uh, Talking Hockey Instagram. So, Thank you for that, for sure. So, um, yeah, so anyway, did you spot, uh, listeners, did you spot the Lemieux lyric in that in that uh, Tribe Called Quest song, or what? The lyric was, of course, uh, large professor in the house, you know how we do, I skate on your crew like Mario Lemieux. So, pretty, nice. pretty sweet when you can throw a Lemieux rhyme into your tune, right? That was... That would have been classic uh, Lemieux era too. Like Midnight Marauders came out early to mid '90s, so oh, Lemieux would have. That was his heyday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, 
do you have a favorite Mario moment? You're like a Mario kind of super fan, right? Like that's oh, I'm your... huge, huge. Yeah. Mario Lemieux is the uh, the reason why I am here today, not alive, when... but uh, why, <laughs> <laughs> why I'm talking hockey because yeah. I like very vividly. You know, like if you have you ever think about like you've got these super vivid memories like throughout the course of your life, and. Yeah. I have like just this super vivid memory of seeing Mario Lemieux scoring that Canada Cup goal in 1987, and that was like, you know, my dad even asked me before that, "Oh, do you want to play hockey?" I was like, "Ah, oh, whatever." Like we had a rink, and I was skating in the backyard, but I wasn't really too stoked on it. But then yeah. 87 happened, and I was like, "I'm in. I'm full <laughs> in. Here we go, boys. Put me in." Yeah. So it's yeah. like it's for sure that moment is like the. And I think almost any Canadian hockey fan has to say that that moment ranks pretty high up there if you were around to see it. Um, yeah, um, but also, you know, like if you just think about those back-to-back cups for, for the Penguins against the the North Stars and and the Blackhawks, it just, they, they no one could touch them. They were like, mm-hmm. Mario was untouchable. Like if you look, if you think about that, goal he scored when like Ray Bork was all turned around and he like put it through his legs and went and went and scored. Like I think that was in the semis um, against Boston. And then it just like Mario Lemieux had his way with, with the North stars and the Blackhawks in the Stanley cup final. Like these are the two best teams going head to head at the end of the season. And there was no, there was there, like, it wasn't even close. He, he was an unreal player. He, he, uh, I read somewhere recently he was the only player. So in, in there was like, I don't know how many years, 26 years or 16 years or whatever it was, where only three guys won the, the Art Ross Trophy. It was Gretzky, Lemieux, and Yager. And then like Gretzky's kind of heyday. Yeah, Gretzky was awesome in the early 90s, mid 90s, but his heyday was the 80s. And Lemieux came along a few years later you know, started in the 80s, but Lemieux's heyday would have been kind of the early 90s, I would say. And there's been no player since the 90s, or the, sorry, Lemieux is the only player since the from the 90s on to have scored two points per game or better, like average, you know what I mean? Like you look at all the stats, the games played, the points scored in the 90s and everything, and no other, there was like a guy who had 1.89, whatever, but Lemieux is the only guy at two or better for for points per game. So, yeah, I mean, that just speaks to how, like, he was just unreal. And then he retired, and then he came back, and then, like, scored a goal and stuff in his first game back against Toronto and whatever, and was just, like, did what he wanted. He was amazing. Well, like, and also very similar to how you we were saying about Carey Price, like, earlier in the episode. Lemieux made everything look so effortless mm. uh, because like he was just so good. And it's like, sometimes like, I, you know, I don't want to compare them to each other, but people rag on Patrick Laine sometimes because it doesn't look like he's skating hard or he's yeah, working I've hard, on him for that. <laughs> but, but he's, he's actually skating. Fa- like he, he just like, he doesn't have to move his feet as quick because he's a big guy and he's, his strides yep. are stronger. And yep. Mary Lemieux was the same kind of way. Like, it's not like he was booking it down the ice, like how Blake Wheeler puts his head down and he just goes really hard. 
Like, yeah. these guys have a different skating style. Powerful strides, and you're there. Yeah. It's all the same. And you know, I saw I saw uh, both Matt Sundin and Yarmer Yager play uh, live um, in the same game. It was a Toronto versus Rangers game. Um, I think I saw Sundin play a few times, but um, both of those guys, it could be said the same thing, where it looked like they were barely skating. And barely, you know what I mean. Yet they were always where they had to be, and they always controlled the play of the games. Like Yager, especially uh, when you watched them live. I thought the one time I saw him play live, anyway. And you know, you can see it on TV too. But like, especially as he got older, he just changed the style of his game, and he used that gigantic ass of his to like keep players off the puck or whatever. But like he, it barely looked like he was skating out there. <laughs> and then next thing you know, he's got a five point game. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So, the good players have a way of doing that. So, yeah, and, and Ma- you know, Ma- Mario was just like, you'll never see him. You'll never see another guy like him ever again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so talking about the Penguins, you know, they've had their share, fair share of star players, you know, for sure. And uh, I'll just bring up a quick uh, star player of the Penguins that maybe you haven't heard of before um he's he's a he was one of their earliest stars his name is lowell mcdonald from uh born in new glasgow nova scotia raised in thorburn picto county just outside new glasgow just down the road a ways from churro kind of thing lowell mcdonald not a name that really jumps out at you as a guy that you remember but he played uh, and th- through the sort of 60s, in the 60s, he played for um, Detroit. He had a, a, a cup of coffee with Detroit. Um, but mostly it looked like he was kind of AHL or whatever, you know, one of those guys on the cusp of the AHL, NHL. But when there was only six teams or whatever it was, you know, he was an AHL guy, I guess. And, you know, maybe a little younger. And then in 67, the expansion happened. And he got taken by L.A. And he went down to L.A. for two seasons and, you know, showed that he was actually not a bad player at all, really, kind of thing. Scored some goals, whatever. Uh, then he gets traded to Pittsburgh. Um, this is like 1970 or whatever it is. So, like, the Penguins are around for a couple seasons at this point because they came in in that 67 expansion draft is one of the – you know, uh, original expansion teams and uh, Lowell McDonald sort of goes on to be one of Pittsburgh's kind of first stars. Um, He was, but he's in, so he's in the Nova Scotia sports hall of fame. He's uh, he, he, his career ended after only playing about 500 games and he scored just shy of 400 points. He, um, Basically, you know, he had four seasons, four solid seasons where he scored, you know, he was putting the puck in the net kind of pretty good. So, like, basically between, I don't know, 72, 73, and 76 or whatever, he was scoring 34, 43, 30 goals, you know, that kind of thing. And sort of was lighten her up for the early penguins so 
just just a just a shout out, a vintage hockey hair player of the week, if you will, which we haven't done in quite a while, but just a shout out to some old time hockey. This is, this is before my uh, time of being aware of whatever. But here's my favorite fact about this guy. He comes from, you know, Pictou County. It's a mining town, right? They got coal mines there and all this kind of thing. You picture pretty rough and tumble. It's the 1970s. You think Broad Street Bullies and Pittsburgh. You, you know, you're thinking rough and tumble hockey and all this kind of thing. This guy had a grand total in all 506 NHL games. He grand total of 92 penalty minutes. Whoa. He was a gentleman, Randy. Just, just like one of those guys out there, just you know. Doing his thing, playing some hockey, and not getting mixed up in the rough stuff. But uh, anyway, just a, one of the first Pittsburgh stars, and and a team that's had many stars. You well, know. in in a you know classic sense of of the term, not not maybe the greatest hockey name, if you will, yeah. Lowell McDonald. You know, you don't yeah. that doesn't scream hockey player to me. No, um, it definitely screams like coal miner yeah. or fisher. Or it's like, hey, <laughs> where did that car crash happen? Oh, that was over by Lowell McDonald's place. You know, like, <laughs> but yeah. uh, but clearly he put together a pretty, like, a solid career. And uh, yeah. maybe in a way, like, expansion, you know, likely did himself, uh, did him a favor by, uh, you know, adding, yeah, sure. they basically doubled, doubled the size of the league there in 67. And, yeah. uh, you know, he found, you know, uh, that picture that you posted on Instagram there with that that classic blue-looking Penguins jersey, man. I love yeah. that stuff. Yeah, that was and, – and the Penguins kind of brought a throwback of that a few years ago for one of the outdoor games, I believe. They kind of had that baby blue, but they had a different logo maybe around yeah. like a circle or whatever it was. Well, they also but, have yeah, that – they have that penguin that's wearing the scarf. You yeah. know that logo? <laughs> Yeah, 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 the chili penguin. Yeah. I love, yeah, I love the old penguins uh, sweaters. And I would, you know, it's interesting how they kind of moved to black and gold. I guess that's kind of Pittsburgh's like civic colors in a way, right? Like the pirates, the Steelers, Steelers yeah, they're all black and gold, right? But so the penguins, it's kind of natural for them to have those colors. But I do really like when the penguins kind of throw those blues on occasionally and, well, and the, the, to... yeah, the blue with the black and gold on the logo, like just really pops, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. um, cause they, they do, they, they do the baby blue, but they also do like a darker blue too. Yeah. Like yeah. that, that picture that you posted, he's got a darker blue Jersey on, but yeah, but yeah. yeah, no, that's uh, so did you find him by just like looking for players from around your hometown or what? Well, I was looking at a list uh, on the internet that was just all like the all-time Nova Scotia players, like every player from, you can do this, you can filter it for like anywhere, I guess. And I just had it filtered for Nova Scotia. And I was kind of looking at, uh, I, I forget which column I had it sorted by, but I was looking through and I was like, you know, you got some of your guys like uh, Mike McPhee and Bobby Smith and Al Mc. Uh, Al McInnes and you know obviously Sidney Crosby and whatever nasty Nate guys, guys who've played you know yeah and Nate, Nate McKinnon obviously although he's yet to hit a thousand games I don't even know if he's played 500 games but you know you look at uh, some of the guys who've played a lot of games and I was looking at their points and you know some of the guys it's pretty impressive but then you know you look at was it Bobby Smith or Mike McPhee played a whole lot of games, but they were never really 
prolific point getters, you know, like Mike McPhee might have had 300 points his whole career, but played like 1,200 games kind of thing. Whereas Lowell McDonald, you know, he just didn't get all the games in. He 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 got derailed by injuries and stuff like that. And uh, but he he looked like he could put up some points anyway. So. Uh, yeah, it was kind of, but it's a fun list. I think, uh, you know, you can sort it for Winnipeg or like I say, anywhere. And it's kind of fun just to sort of filter it out and see your local legends, your hometown heroes, that kind of thing. So, yeah, anyway, that's how I found him. And then it got me thinking about the Penguins and, um, yeah, like uh, Tanev time, right? So uh, if you've listened to the show in the past or if you're a certain Carter the Car guy, uh, you will know that there was a bit of a wager between myself and and him when Tanev went to Pittsburgh after playing for the Jets. I thought, well, he's going to go right on Crosby's line and light her up. Didn't exactly happen that way. So, you know, uh, Carter wrote into the show and was hoping to hear sort of a, a, a new edition of Tanev time. So thought, well, let's let's make a new wager i guess a new but this time we'll do it as an over under i think so it's a shortened season uh 56 game season and i'm pretty sure tanev's not going to be skating on crosby's wing uh as he didn't really do it last year and the penguins just picked up casperi kapanen with the hopes that he'll be skating on crosby's wing with jake gensel Um, probably on the other wing Likely, yeah, likely, uh, which would be a pretty good line, I would think. Um, but yeah, Tanev, more likely to be on the third or fourth line and chipping in where he can, you know. So last year he ended with 11 goals, uh, 14 assists, I believe it was, and 25 points, which over 68 games, not too bad. He was on pace for a career career high. Uh, but he didn't get the career high because the season ended, you know, prematurely. Um, but the over/under I'd like to put to Carter is, and 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 look, I don't really know how gambling works, but <laughs> he can he can choose which he wants. He can choose the over or the under. Will Tanev in this 56 game season will he break 11 goals? You know so you're, you're gonna be, you're gonna gladly take whatever Carter says no to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Totally. Because um, either way, I think, like, I think he could easily get 11 in 56. Same here. But uh, at like, the same think... time, you know, he might just, again, if it's all about the start to your season, maybe you just, yeah, maybe he doesn't get a lot of touches or may, whatever, and maybe it's already yeah. game 13 and he's only got one goal. You know. Yeah. But I think that that bet could go either way. I like I could personally see Tanev putting uh, ten to fifteen in during a shortened season, you know. I and I, but at, like you say, at the same time, I I don't know. He could maybe get like seven total goals for the whole year. It's hard, you know. I, I I'm not really sure which way to go on that, but definitely a Brandon Tanev fan. I like the way he plays. Um, oh, he was a big part I, of that Jets team. Like I'm sure yeah. that was a a huge part of where. Uh, you know, maybe the lack of fire uh, mm-hmm. went kind of thing. But yeah. so are you going to attach some sort of uh, like wager or like some sort of stakes to this thing? Uh, well, I would say maybe like 
I mean, I'd, I normally I'd be like, well, I'll buy a beer, but like, when 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 yeah. can we go to a pub again? You know, what you I gotta, mean? Like, so, you'd have to like drive all the way out to Bird's Hill and drop it off on his doorstep there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll play for for a a, a a local tasty beverage of the winner's choosing. How's that sound? Well, actually, and to to be honest, by the time the season's over, it's going to be May. We're likely going for a barley pop or two somewhere. So even if it's socially distanced, so right, there's a lot right, of time yeah. to figure out the details. But maybe if there, yeah. maybe if it is a frosty one uh, somewhere, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll put that out to him. So yeah, okay, so, so the stakes are: Carter, the car guy at McPhillips Toyota, has to decide whether he's going to take the over or the under of of Brandon Tanev getting. 11, 11 goals in 56 games this season. Yeah. Hopefully he doesn't say over and then Tanev is injured on game one. <laughs> <laughs> that's, but, hey. the, that's the danger. <laughs> that's the risk. The, the original Tanev time bet, I I was just 100% certain. I was riding high on my Brandon Tanev wave, and I just thought, this guy, he's going to play with Crosby, and he'll be the new... Um, but yeah, to be fair though, you got to think about Pascal Dupuis and Chris Kunitz. Exactly, you know, I was and, like, he's going to be the new Dupuis or yeah, something. That, that's know. exactly the, where that motivation new, came from. The new Max um, Max Talbot, uh, Talbot yeah. or something. Crosby's yeah. basically just scoring goals off guys' butts and you know <laughs> foreheads. It's like exactly. he still he still gets the apple, and those guys get the goal. And you know, like yeah. before you know, the, like Chris Kunitz has got thirty goals, and he's like. You know, one of the best wingers in the league, kind of thing. So yeah, it it could it easily could have happened with Tanev, but um, yeah, you know, maybe maybe this is there's, the season. Maybe maybe time. maybe Kapanen doesn't even last a couple games with Crosby, and Kapanen goes down to play with Malkin, and then someone's got to bump up, and then you got a Gensel Crosby and Tanev line or something could happen. Yeah, exactly. And and that's the thing about the Penguins. You know, you look at it, and it's like it's kind of hard to tell what direction they're taking right now. Like with the, the management and the roster construction. So they spent a first round draft pick on bringing Casperi Kapanen in. And I, I, I don't know, that shocked me. I'm not sure if it, it was shocking to others, but I didn't really think that Kapanen would be a first round pick, but Hey, it is what it is, but there is the potential that he plays with, with Crosby and they hit it off real nicely. But if not, there's always Malkin for him to line up beside or something like that. So the Penguins have options. And as long as you've got, I think, Malkin and Crosby, who are now, would you say, 33 and 34 years old? Yeah. And and Latang's about the same. And Oh, no, 35, 34, and 33. I think Latang is okay. 33. Crosby yeah. would be, oh, no, Crosby would be turning, I don't know, whatever. But. Um, the the difference here is, and like if you can compare them to the Jets, I feel that the Jets don't really mix up their lines too much. Yeah. Whereas Mike Sullivan, he brings out the blender. I think almost every game. Like if yeah, if he if he sees things aren't happening, he is very quick to just make a one or two quick line adjustments, and he's changing things on the fly. So you know, like there might be one game where. Uh, Kapanen is on Crosby's line, and then by the second period, it's a different line, and then by the yeah. third third period, he's back on the line. Like Sullivan is a very 
um, like strategic coach. I, he, he adapts very quickly on the fly where I, to me, I feel Paul Maurice tries to, he tries to stick to the game plan and hopefully, hopefully the game plan ends up working. Whereas if you see, there's some coaches that are quickly like trying to be ahead of like trying to get ahead of that. So I, I could see Sullivan, you know, eventually putting Tanev up with Crosby, you know, for just mixing it up. Yeah. It just, just for whatever look that the other team's given him or something, you know, he thinks, Oh man, if I get uh, Tanev in on this. Yeah, totally. You know, like, and, and when you look at Pittsburgh's roster this year, they've gotten younger. The question that, um, you know, that cause they got Hornquist is gone. They had Marlowe for a little while last year and he's, he's back to San Jose, I guess. Right. So, uh, right there that shaves a few years off and but um you know they've they've brought in i think that i think that uh the hornquist trade was for matheson essentially who's a defenseman and he was kind of like a highly touted panthers defenseman and i think he's supposed to be pretty good i've never really that i can think of like seen him play you know what i mean i'm sure i've seen the panthers game that he's been in but you know i've never been like Oh yeah, like check out Matheson or whatever. But from everything I've read, he's like pretty good. And so, but you know, you look at the Penguins roster, and I think it's very similar to the Jets in a way in that you, there's not really much question about the forwards. You know what you're getting? It's pretty good. The depth maybe a little questionable, right? Um, the goaltenders. Now this year they're moving on from Matt Murray, but. Um, they still have Tristan Jerry, who's kind of shown himself to be a really good young goalie. And then their backup is going to be Casey DeSmith, I believe, who is kind of no slouch of his own either. But, you know, I think he's maybe career backup style, you know, like he's not, I don't think, a starting goalie necessarily. But losing losing Murray will probably hurt a little bit. But I think that they've got their faith in Tristan Jerry. But, but, to me, sorry, what I'm getting at is the defense. You look at the defense of the Penguins, and it's kind of a ragtag crew. Like you, you can't really, you know, look at it and and have a ton of faith there. You know, you got your Chris Letang, who's 33 now. You know, signed for a couple more seasons, and then he becomes a UFA. You got Brian Dumoulin, who's almost 30 now, and he kind of, you know, he's all right. No problems with that guy. But uh, Matheson's the new sort of guy in town. Um, and I think that they're hoping that he can, you know, they lost they lost uh, Schultz uh, this year. I don't know where Schultz ended up signing, but he was a free agent, I believe. And he's now gone. Um, oh, he signed with Washington. Yes. So... That'll be a bit of a setback for them to not have Schultze back there. He was pretty solid the last handful of years for them, especially in their their back-to-back cups. Um, But, you know, I think that they're kind of hoping it's like internal growth and by committee, you know. Um, well, that's the thing. In... We, we have no idea who's coming up from the Penguins system. Mm-hmm. Like, and they, yeah. they have – they have a very good AHL team and those te- those guys tend to come in and fill the gaps a yeah. lot better than again, if you compare them to the Winnipeg jets, like, you know, I would say that our, 
we you know we have decent depth but like um uh, Pittsburgh tends to turn their third and fourth line around easily by um a bunch of guys that are in their system like just cuz yeah. like Wilkesbury Scranton always seems to be a uh, uh, like a very strong uh, AHL team. Like if yeah, you think they, of th- if you think about guys like uh, Zach Aston Reese, I think uh, mm. Jared McCann. You know, mm. I think maybe even Brian Rust, Connor Sheary. Like all those guys. Like Sheary's not there right now anymore, but all those guys. I think even Gensel probably came from Wilkesbury. Yeah, yeah, um, I believe he was there. But so like they they tend to kind of fill in the bottom of their lineup with guys that they have in their system. So who knows? Like if you look at cap friendly and you look at like the, the non roster forwards in defense, like drew O'Connor, Sam Poulin, Justin Almeida, you know, Casper Bjork, Bjorkvist, you know, Lee Cameron Lee, Pierre Oliver, Joseph, like these are all guys. I don't know who they are. Um, but you know they might be playing on Crosby's wing, scoring thirty mm-hmm. this year or twenty-five. Yeah, I think as long as you got a healthy Sidney Crosby and a healthy Evgeny Malkin, you don't really have to worry too much. You know, you want to give him a good supporting cast or whatever, obviously. And uh, yeah, I think the Penguins are going to be a decent team this year. I don't know, like um, I think maybe some people have kind of said their time has their window is closed, their time has come and gone, but. They still have too many players that I think are pretty good. So, I also think that Rutherford is a guy who's very quick to make deals. So if something mm-hmm. isn't working, he's not a, he's not like hesitant to pull the trigger yeah. and like go and get somebody. Also, yeah. if you look at Cap Friendly, um, like you know a guy like Hoffman, just because he signed a PTO with St. Louis doesn't mean he's going to be on their team this year. Hoffman, could, true, eh? Hoffman yeah. could quick could easily be on Pittsburgh this year. Um, you know, like say for instance, you look at other, um, free agents right now, you still got Sammy Vatnin, you got, uh, Justin Abelkader, like not that he's going to light it up, but Travis Hamannick, like maybe Pittsburgh needs uh, uh, some more D depth. You get him, you know, yeah. uh, Michael Grabner, Ron Hainsey could come back, you know, yeah. there's, uh, no shortage of guys. Chara, I, I've even seen things on Twitter where Chara has considered going to, uh, going to Pittsburgh. Um, Derek Broussard is still out there. Uh, you know, like there's, there's a lot of guys in the next few. Jim Rutherford is a guy who, who would quickly make a decision where it's like here in Winnipeg, we feel like, you know, Kevin Shavel day off is still waiting for, you know, to decide what color of car he wants, you know, but, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I I would say if things, if things aren't working after, eight games for Pittsburgh, they're going to make some moves for sure. Yeah. Where, where Chevy has lost his phone between the cushions on the couch, you know, uh, Rutherford, he's already been to the Telus booth at San Patel mall and gotten a replacement yeah. phone. Rutherford's you know got mean? like, you know, four phones and three burner phones, you know, like, he's... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. There's no, he's never been shy to make a move or whatever. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, the Penguins are an interesting team and uh, we'll kind of see what transpires with them. But I guess all that was kind of brought about by the Tribe Called Quest song about 
with the Mariola Mew line and the little Tanev time over under wagers set out for Carter the car guy. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I think we've pretty much talked all the hockey that we can talk. Well, you know, you got any... I th- what they say is, you know, like the time for talking is done. You know, you now you got to like just get pucks deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah because well, at the same time again like we can we can talk until we're blue in the face as far as the jets are concerned um yeah i i don't feel like my opinion has changed um i still feel like it's going to be a six-team battle for those first four spots unfortunately yeah. to you sends fans if you actually do exist um i don't feel that they're going to be in the running but hey if if they are then that's seven teams trying to make four playoff spots and then um, again, same thing with World Juniors. Like, uh, I think Canada's up, up, uh, up against a, a tough Finnish team here if they want to f- uh, finish first in in Group A. Um, and then once once that, that's all said and done, you know, you still got some strong teams over there with Sweden, USA, and Russia. That I don't think this is going to be a cakewalk for Canada. No, it's not. That's going to be such an exciting game. That Canada Finland game. I'm looking forward to it. Um, absolutely. And, you know, uh, some breaking news here. So Kirby doc just underwent successful wrist surgery, uh, today, Monday, the 28th of December expected to miss several months. Uh, they say so several, is that two, three hard to say? Yeah. I, well, regardless, he may, could be back for playoffs for the Blackhawks, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I would say, you know, uh, let's say January, February. I'm going to say he misses January, February. He's back mid-March. That's what I'll say. But hard to say. Yeah. I but, think uh, aside from that, yeah, I think we've we've uh, covered all the bases. Yeah. You know, we've got Pugs Run Steve. the gamut. Yeah. We had our orange slices at intermission there and uh, feel pretty That's good. That's important. Now, Randy, is there another uh, song that you were hoping to throw it to here as on our way out? I I think there was, but yeah, it was Mike Eagles. Or oh yeah, like that. open not Mike Eagles, not the former Winnipeg Jet Mike Eagles, of course. No, uh, we're talking open Mike Eagles, rap star extraordinaire. Do you have that song in front of you? Uh, no, I do not. It w- <laughs> yeah, well, I closed that uh, window here. Oh, uh, shit. Okay, well, you know what, listeners? Uh, just uh, check the this, uh, episode this, details. This song, <laughs> this is the song with the Luke Robitaille reference, though. Right, yeah. yeah. We were impressed by the fact that they got a Robitaille rhyme in there. He he roped, he roped, he rhymed Luke Robitaille with Cobra Kai. So, right. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll, yeah, point. He, it was PPG Robitaille. Yeah. Yeah. So, PG check... 13 Cobra Kai PPG Robitaille, point per game Robitaille. Is Luke Robitaille a point per game player? I'm going to trust open Mike Eagles on this one and say yes. He, he clearly was. knows. Also, Robitaille had some sweet hockey hair. Hell and yes, he did. That's one yeah. thing you cannot deny. So, yes, <laughs> going out here on potentially, probably our last episode of 2020, I would say. Or yeah. we're probably not going to squeeze one here in the next three days, four days. Yeah. I don't know. But regardless, thanks. We'll be back in the new year. Yeah, thanks to everybody for uh, tuning in to Talking Hockey. 2020 um, has been quite a year, uh, you know. It's been it, interesting. It's been up and down, but, you know, we still got a lot of hockey in. Got a lot of Talking Hockey. 
drank some yeah. beers with the boys. Uh, actually, Tommy, quick little recap of going out to Ring Forty Six Theory. We haven't even talked about oh, that. Yeah. yeah, that was that was pretty great. That was a lot of fun. That's the only time I've been on skates since early October, and it was a lot of fun. And uh, my body was like sore for a day afterwards when I after skating for two hours straight there and it was a lot of fun though just to shoot some pucks and take in all the natural splendor of lake winnipeg well yeah and it was it you know at the in the in the present moment it didn't feel like we were out there for a couple hours but no like the, the time time didn't exist there for a while uh <laughs> right. it was great and no i was, I was like, happy that you were able to come um, I think the future of Rink 46 is probably in jeopardy because of Mother Nature and the the toll that <laughs> she takes on on the ice there. But hey, we'll we'll yeah. hopefully see what happens. But well, we'll we... get it. We'll get an update on Rink 46 uh, next episode. How's that sound? Perfect. Okay. okay. So um, again, thanks for listening, everybody. Tommy, send send off the folks here. Well, yeah. Happy New Year. Uh, happy holidays. We'll see you in 2021. Keep your stick on the ice. And if the pucks don't get deep, well, uh, consider yourself stapled to the bench. Here we go now, boys. Let's go. I see the deepest screams. I hear the darkest blues. Might not be synesthesia. Might be apartment fumes. Good, good, get up and dance. Good, good, get up and dance. I will, will wipe my son's ass and get shit on my hands. He get in the car and be like daddy. Play some bus drive. Why the fuck it take two lines to do a one-liner? And why it take three beats to do a two Step. Six days, I got two left, so I take five. They move back. I make jazz jokes, so I'm flat broke. Mad at lost in that black smoke. Fuck you if you're a white man. Then as soon as I speak for black folks, fuck you if you're a white man. And things I can't speak for black folks. Let that soak in your rap post. If your head hurt and your back broke, have black soap and have crack smoke. I admit that this an imperfect blend. Hold up, it's my turn again. I'm playing 13 games of words with friends. Lift your hands, lift your head if your clothes clean and your kids fed. Mom potty trains with your pistol bed and he can. Till I'm heated like infrared, yeah. We the best mostly, sometimes the freshest rhymers. We the tightest kind of, respect my qualifiers. Respect my qualifiers, respect my qualifiers, respect my qualifiers. We the best mostly, sometimes the freshest rhymers. We the tightest kind of, respect my qualifiers. Respect my qualifiers, respect my qualifiers. Respect my qualifiers, respect mine, respect mine. They say they looking for me, but I don't want to hear it. You can find me at the park district volunteering. With my hair disheveled and my sneakers scuffed. Or use your GPS and get your silly features up. I went to Africa, they played me on the radio. And did I weird the people out? Yeah, maybe so. Cause all they knew was jive, and all I do is vibe. And bright green light made the program director lose his mind. He said, What type of rap is that? Ain't no bitches hoes. And I ain't even being funny, homie didn't know. Should've said it's whimsical, like Serengeti taught me. My thoughts are very lofty, response time is very faulty. I'm far too young to lead, and way too old to die. I ain't play Call of Duty. Smoke you in golden eye, RPG bold to die, JPG Kobe tie, PG 13 Cobra Kai, PPG look over tie. We the best mostly, sometimes the freshest rhymers. We the tightest kind of, respect my qualifiers, respect my qualifiers, respect my qualifiers, respect my qualifiers. 
We the best, mostly. Sometimes the freshest rhymers. We the tightest kind of. Respect my qualifiers. Respect my qualifiers. Respect my qualifiers. Respect my qualifiers. Respect mine. Respect mine. The words you hear me singing. I didn't sing a line before this one. And you were not the one I was addressing. That person took a train to Africa. Simultaneous events don't happen We are isolated temporary And the part is never called the whole thing But it bothers us to know what's up 